want to talk to you about something you have heard over and over and over and over and over, which might not be new to you. But I want to bring your consciousness onto today as you end for the coming year. Christianity begins after a man accept the lordship of Jesus Christ and then the Holy Spirit immediately settles in his spirit. That's when Christianity begins. I repeat, Christianity begins when a man accepts the lordship of Jesus Christ then the Holy Spirit settles in his spirit or her spirit. That's when Christianity begins. But the Christ experience begins when a man who has accepted the Lordship of Jesus Christ now begin to follow Christ. Turn your, um, turn, you can um, share the screen, Mark chapter 1, verse number 17. Rasika, brother, who celebrated Shatada Basaya. Thank you. Mark chapter 1, verse number 17. The book of Mark chapter number 1, verse number 17. Who is the host? It's Master, please, sir. Mark chapter 1, verse number 17. I read from the KJV translation. Jesus, in the early days of his ministry, was now about to call disciples. And he made a very interesting statement that I want you to pay attention today. And that's what begins the Christ experience. And Jesus said to them, come ye after me. Give me the um, KGM, the NIV translation, NIV translation. Jesus said to them, come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. Come, follow me. You can end the screen, thank you. So the experience of Christianity or the experience of Christ begins when a man begins to follow Christ. Follow me, let's be able to point here. Now, what is going to make the difference in the coming year? And what is going to make this year different from the year we are approaching? You as a Christian, what is going to be your life distinguished or what is going to distinguish your life from the others? What is going to actually prove or make a statement that this particular person is a child of God or is a Christian? Like I said, the Christ experience 
not Christianity. No, not Christianity. The Christ experience begins when a man begins to follow Christ. So Jesus said, come, follow me. Now you are about to experience Jesus. Okay. Who here has ever seen God before? None of you. Who here has ever met God at the backyard of your house? None of you. But what makes you believe is the conviction you carry that he is there. And that's a proof positive of your faith. Remember, he says that he that comes to the Lord must believe that he is, and he is the rewarder of those that seek him diligently. Christianity is life by the Spirit. Jesus said, a time is coming, and now is the time that true worshipers shall worship the Father in truth and in spirit. In the coming year, few things I want you to look out for. You have probably been doing it. You have probably, you actually, you are probably in it. You are probably doing it. But then I want you by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to pay attention to these things in the coming year. If your Christianity is going to make a statement, it is based on these fundamentals that I'm sharing with you in the coming year. And when I say statement, what I mean by statement is that, you know, in the book of Acts, what actually made people call the apostles Christians was that they took notice that these people has been with the Lord. How people are going to take notice that your life is making a difference in where you are. Jesus said, you are the light of this world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. That is what Jesus said. But then you have a responsibility that in all what you do, your life must prove the validity of God's word and God's statement in the scriptures. Are you with me? Are you with me? Yes, sir. Yes, please. So things I want you to look out for, I wouldn't say things, but fundamental principles that cannot be changed that I want you to look out for in the coming year. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter number 13, verse 14. 2 Corinthians chapter number 13. Verse 14. And um, the girls, I want you to pay attention. Do not worry about posting the scriptures here. Posting the scriptures in the class. Do not worry about it. Pay attention. Second Corinthians, verse 14. Second Corinthians, chapter the number 13, verse the number 14. 1-4. And you know, whenever we go to church, and we are about to close, whenever we meet as, um, as brethren and we are about to close, this is a statement we always make. But this statement is an indication from Paul the Apostle that I want you to pay attention to. He says, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship 
of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Now, this is Christianity. Why is it Christianity? Christianity is about the grace of God. Number two, the assurance of the love of God. And number three, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. This is what Christianity is. This is what defines Christianity. What defines Christianity is the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Number two, the love of God. That is the assurance of the grace of God. And number three, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. If a man should understand this, you are going to make a statement not only for God, but um, by God in your generation. I repeat, so you should look out for in the coming year and 2 Corinthians 13 verse number 14, he says, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. You can end this question. God bless you. I'm not here to probably teach on grace today. We would. I'm not here to teach on the love of God today. We would. Things you should look out for in the coming year is the fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Fellowship with the Holy Spirit. What actually gives you the hope and the inner conviction that keeps you ongoing in your work with God is in the fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Probably let me rewind and press play. He said the grace of our Lord. Now, let me just probably touch base a little base and not direct, um, direct from my topic. The grace of God is the presence or the presence of God that enables. The love of God is the assurance of the presence and presence of God that has made us stay. The fellowship with the Holy Spirit is what makes you see the grace of God and the love of God. Are you with me? Am I? Am I today? Am I? Am I? Or we should, we should, we should, we should. Am I on on a higher altitude? Or no, we should please come. Sir. No, come please sir. We're with you. We're with you, sir. All right. Let me rewind and press play. He says, "The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit." And I said, in the coming year, one thing or one aspect of your life that you should pay attention to. Is the fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And now I said the grace of God is the presence and presence of God that enables. The love of God is the assurance of the presence and presence of God that has made us stay. And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit is what makes you see the grace of God and the love. Fellowship with the Holy Spirit. How do I pay attention to the fellowship with the Holy Spirit? Go to John chapter number 14. The book of John, chapter number 14, verse number 16. Of John chapter number 14, verse number 16. Man, the Ferekesa, you alone. At my strength, my shield, you alone makes my spirit yield. John, 
14, verse the number 16. And I will ask the Father, this is Jesus speaking now, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you, um, um, to give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. You can end this question. Let me ask you a question. Supposedly, Jesus was still on earth today. I'm asking you a question. And you need help. And you know Jesus is there and he will help you when you ask him to. Do you think you are ever going to be in need? No, please, no, sir. please sir. Wait, did all of us get the question? Yes, please, sir. Do you think you're ever going to be in need? Your answer is no. Answer is no. Okay. How do I then pay attention with my fellowship with the Holy Spirit? Remember what Jesus said. He said, I will not leave you fatherless. I'll ask the father. He will send you another advocate. That word another advocate is that another of the same kind. This is Jesus speaking now. He said, he will send you another advocate. He will help you, number one, and he will be with you, number two. So the first thing in you fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit is number one, to acknowledge the presence of the Holy Spirit. How do you acknowledge the presence? Now, Jesus said he will be with you. So as you go about your day, if he is with you, he is wanting you to talk to him. Jesus made a statement. He said he will be with you, number one, and he will help you. So two things the Holy Spirit does in your life that if should you pay attention to, your life is actually going to make a statement in the coming year. It's number one, to start acknowledging the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. Jesus said, he will be with you. That is it. How do you acknowledge the presence? Just as I asked you a question, if you ask Jesus for the help, you will not be in need. Number one, you have to learn to talk to the Holy Spirit. Learn to talk to him as you talk to your mom. Learn to talk to him as you talk to your dad. Learn to, when that, whenever you wake up in the morning, good morning, precious Holy Spirit. Good morning, precious Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, what should I do? Holy Spirit, what are you doing on earth today? Holy Spirit, where do I play a part? Holy Spirit, how can I contribute to the will of the master on earth today? Holy Spirit, what direction should I take? Holy Spirit, what way should I go? Begin to talk to him as you talk to me. Begin to talk to him. Talk. This one is not prayer. This one, no. This one is talking to the Holy Ghost. Jesus said, he will help you and he will be with you. For example, if, just as some of you will be seeing me next year when we go to Ghana. Now, if you see me and number one, do not acknowledge me. How would you acknowledge me? Oh, sir, and you mention my name. Oh, Jedidiah, immediately you mention my name, you have acknowledged me. Now, supposedly, we get into an event or we go into an event 
and you want to now acknowledge me in front of the people, you will not even just call me and say, Edidaya. you will tell them, this is the man whom God has used to do this, do that, do that. You are now acknowledging what the Lord has done with me. That is how you acknowledge the Holy Ghost. You acknowledge his purpose in your life. His purpose in your life, Jesus said, to help you in your Christian work, in your finances, in anything that concerns you, it is in your fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And I said, the fellowship with the Holy Spirit begins, immediately you begin to acknowledge his presence. You begin to speak to him. Number two, go to Ephesians chapter number five, verse 17. Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 17. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 17. Ephesians 5, verse number 17. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Ephesians 5, verse 17, it says, Therefore, do not be foolish. This is the Apostle speaking now. He says, Therefore, do not be foolish. But understand what the Lord's will is. Pay attention to that word, what the Lord's will is. Okay, verse 18 says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Verse um, 19, speaking to one another with sons, kings and sons from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Number two, relate with the Holy Ghost on the stems in the scripture. Relate with the Holy Ghost on the stems. He started by saying and making a very interesting statement that do not be foolish. Know what the Lord's will is. It's not your will. It's not what you want to do for God. It's what God wants to do with you. It's what God wants to do in you. So he started by saying, do not be foolish. Then he continues by saying, no. What the lost world is. Relate with the Holy Ghost on his terms, not your terms. Most believers sometimes want the Holy Ghost to relate with them on their terms. That is not the way it works. For example, you hear somebody say, Holy Spirit, move. Holy Spirit, move. No. You do not get him to do what you want him to do. He does what he wants to do with you. So instead of you to get him to do what he will not do, why not allow him to do what he will do with you? How? He started by saying, speaking in Psalms to one another. He's, let, me, let me actually paraphrase. He says, be filled with the spirit. And he continued to explain how to then get filled. So speaking to yourselves, as you lay on your bed, you begin to sing song. You make melody. In the coming year, if your life is going to make a difference, you pay attention to your fellowship with the Holy Ghost. Because what gives life to your Christianity is in your fellowship with the Holy Ghost. Jesus made a very interesting statement in the book of John. Go to the book of John, chapter 16. Verse 13. 
John 16, verse 13. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. John chapter 16, verse number 13. Verse number 13, 1, 13, 1, 3. He says, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truths. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. End the scripture. What is yet to come is what gives you hope for the future. And it is found in your fellowship with the Holy Ghost. A man who pays attention to his fellowship, not relationship. Fellowship with the Holy Ghost is a man whose Christianity is on thrive. Whose Christianity is going to make a difference. Why? Because Jesus, when he said, I will not leave you fatherless. The last time I was talking to a friend and we made a statement that Jesus, when he said, I will not leave you, he never left. So he is still here in the person of the Holy Ghost. And should you pay attention to your fellowship? Just as, I've taught, just as um, you've learned today that your fellowship with the Holy Ghost begins with acknowledgement, begins with relating on him on his terms. Your Christianity is going to make a difference in the coming year. Now, before, before you project the scripture, hold on now, before you project the scripture, what to look out for in the coming year Number two is his direction. His direction. And let me actually um, make this statement. That direction is not that you don't know where you are going. Direction is the path to where you are going. So probably you go and win souls. It's good. Probably you will be given. It's good. Probably, you know, you will be sacrificing for the gospel. It is good. It is better. But then, just as I said, relate with the Holy Ghost on his terms, not your terms. In the coming year, one thing to look out for yet once again is his direction. Now, for, let's take, for example, I want you to create this scenario in your head. You are driving. You know where you are going. You know where you are going. But then you trust somebody else. That is called Google Map to direct you to where you are going. For example, you are going to a hospital. You know you end up in the hospital. But for you to get to the hospital, you insert the address of the hospital in Google Maps. And you trust Google Map to direct you to get to where you are going. That is what I mean by that. It's direction. So in the coming year, things to look out for is his direction. Yes, you know you want to give, but what is he saying concerning the giving? Go to John, verse number three. Sorry, sir, I didn't hear you, please. The book of John, chapter two, verse number three. Oh, okay. John, chapter two, verse number three. The book of John, chapter 2, verse number 3. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Woman, so highlight it, you know, it's going to be quite a range to highlight it. Jesus replied, my hour has not yet come. 
His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Nearby to six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servant, fill the jars with water. Now, how do you get his direction? It's in what Mary told the servant. He told the servant to do whatever. Go to the verse three yet once again. Go to the verse three. Mary told the servant, do whatever he tells you. Do whatever he tells you. End the screen share. Trusting God's direction for the coming year, things to look out for, when I mean by God's direction in the coming year, is to do whatever he tells you. When you go to church, when there is a gathering among the brethren, for example, you are here at the closest family, you do whatever you hear. This is not a time for you to argue, oh, you know, the Bible does not actually talk about tithes, you know. No. You don't work with God on your tapes. Trying to make logical understanding out of his supernatural statement. Number two, you do, um, number one, you do whatever he tells you. Number two, you fill your jar. Go to um, verse 7 of the scripture you just read. Go to the verse 7 of the scripture you just read. You fill your jar. Your jar must be so full. Your jar must be so full. It is what is in your jar that will enable you to do what he's telling you to do. Verse 7 of the scripture you just read. He said, then he told them, now draw. Can it, can it be consistent? Don't, don't be scrolling. Just be consistent, okay? Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. In the coming year, your jar must be so full. What do I mean, what do I mean by your jar? Your jar. So now let's look into the context of where we are taking this particular scripture. Jesus told the um, servants to fill their jars with water. Why? Because there was no wine. In the mind of the organizer of the wedding, there must be wine. In your mind, there must be, you know, all things must fall, all things must work together for your good, all things. But then Jesus made a very particular, interesting particular statement that I want you to pay attention to. Your jar is you. Your water is what keeps you going. What keeps the body going? Science students here, it's your water, right? Right? Oh, come on now. Yes, please, sir. So if the water in the jar, if, um, if the jar is not full of water, what do you think the, bo the body will run out? So you must be full of understanding of the scriptures. That is what Jesus meant when he said, fill your jar with water. End the scripture. Full of understanding in what you are doing. You must be full of knowledge, full of knowledge. So in the coming year, don't waste your time trying to figure out what new clothes to buy, as I was doing last night. Don't waste your time to figure out what new shoes to buy, as I was doing last night. Spend time investing in filling your jar. Let your jar be so full that whenever people come, you'll be able to pour out to them. Be so full of understanding. Be so full of knowledge in the coming year. 
sit down with the scriptures. Pay attention. Be so full of knowledge. Be so full. Get Christian literature. Give attention to it. And that brings me to Luke chapter 5, verse number 3. His direction. Luke chapter 5, verse number 3. 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 Oh, thank you, precious Holy Ghost. Luke chapter 5, verse 33 to 35. They said to him, John disciples often fast and pray. And so do the disciples of the Pharisees. But yours, <laughs> pay attention now. But yours go on eating and drinking. Jesus answered, Can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. In those days, they will fast. And the mission. How do you now get the direction of Christ Jesus? Number one, by fasting. In the coming year, do not be full of food. Pay attention to fasting. Not fasting alone. Go to the book of Acts chapter 13, verse 1. Acts, the book of Acts. Acts of the Apostles. Acts of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 13, verse 1 to 3. I want the ASV translation. ASV. Acts chapter 13, verse 1 to 3. Maraka Saturday every day. Skip Ranto. Solom Maraka Seki. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. Now there were at Antioch in the church that was there, the prophet and the teachers, Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Nigai, and Lucian of Cyrene, and Manian, the foster brother of Herod, the Tetrarch, and so. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, end this mission. Fasting is not entirely it. What is fasting? Fasting makes you give God your attention. Fasting does not move God. Fasting does not change God. Fasting rather makes you give God your attention. So when what we read from the scripture is, he said, as they ministered to the Lord, comma, and they fasted. What gives vitality to your fasting is you ministering to the Lord. So how to seek the direction of God? The scripture said, as they ministered to the Lord and they fasted, the Holy Spirit said. In that coming year, so far as the year is in, let me tell you, I'm not here to deceive you. It is going to be hard. Hey, 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 the anxiety, the depression, um, the, whatever the enemy will throw at you. But what will make you be able to withstand the fiery dart of the devil is for you to minister to the Lord and fast. That is when you are able to tap into the direction of where he is taking you. The very last one, things to look out for in the coming year, 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3, verse the number 11. 1 John chapter the number 3, verse the number 11. 1 John, the book of 1 John. 
Karakasiki Tenebatis. Lemeno Soto Korakasiki. Mandevredo Shakataya Barakasuki. Thank you, precious Holy Ghost. For this is the message which ye heard from the beginning that we should love one another. And the screen share. In the coming year, things you should look out for. Number the last one that I want to talk to you about. In the coming year, walk in love. In the coming year, walk in love. You know, the world will tell you, oh, you know, you have to get to know the person. When you get to know the person, then you actually tell the person how you feel about him or her. That's the only way. But the scripture does not teach that. In the coming year, for you to see life, for you to see life, I repeat, for you to see life in all what I've spoken above, is to work in love. I'm not here to probably teach about love, but I'm here to tell you that the wonderful way to talk about love is to work in love and experience love. You have experienced love from the beginning. That is when God decided to sacrifice the throne of heaven, come on earth and die for you. That's when you began to experience love. He says, this is the message from the beginning, that we should love one another. In the coming year, what would actually give life to your fellowship with the Holy Spirit? What would actually give you attentiveness to your direction that the Holy Spirit will be leading you to? is to walk in love. Love sees no error. Love forgives easily. Walk in love. You shouldn't wait for somebody to come and ask for forgiveness before you forgive the person. Don't actually see the error the person has done. That is love. Somewhere in March, March this year, you know, as things were going by, you know, um, the Lord by his divine mercies helped us, you know, he helped us. So after an incident happened in March this year, and after the incident, I was crying and crying. I was weeping. I called my father in the Lord. I'm done. I'm throwing the towel. It was a Saturday. The next day was a Sunday. And the Sunday, as I was driving to church, the Lord told me, like, whatever you did, I didn't see. I was like, ah, come on now. You saw it. You, saw, you were there when, you, when I You were there when I was beating the person. You were there. You saw it, Lord. You can't say you didn't see. And he said he didn't see. And that taught me about love. Love sees no error. It sees no error. You, when you walk in love, your Christianity begins to see light. In the coming year, when somebody slaps you, Jesus said, turn the other things for him to slap. Walk in love. Lay down your life for one another. Sacrifice for one another. Don't wait for the person to ask. Give when you have. Let your light shine so brightly that people may see the greatest way to shine your light so brightly is to walk in love. It's to walk in love. And when I say love, I'm not talking about your boyfriends and your girlfriends there. You, you know, you know, you know. Don't be laughing. I know you know.
I'm talking about your relationship with one another. How do you treat unbelievers? When I got born again, the early days, the Lord saved me. When I see people who do not believe in Jesus, you, you don't believe in Jesus. They have me, you are not going some. That's what I did to them. I was judging them. I didn't want to, I didn't want to talk to any unbeliever. You are an unbeliever. What, what good can you do to me? You see, but that was the error. And I wasn't seeing the life of Christ manifested in me because I was, I was working out of God. First John chapter four, this, this will be our last scripture before we enter into a moment of prayer. First John chapter the number four, verse number seven. First John chapter four, verse number seven. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. You alone at my strength, my shield. You alone make my spirit yield. You alone at my heart's desire and I long to worship you. He says, beloved, let us love one another for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is begotten of God and knoweth God. In the scripture, in your work with God, to have um, to increase in your knowledge of God, you have to work in love. Work in love. I'm not saying fall in love. Falling in love is beautiful, but none of you, your ages, I'm not recommending any of you to fall in love. You do for things. But then, working in love is the act that you are of God. It's the proof that you are a child of God. The validity of your Christianity is to work in love. The greatest way to demonstrate Christ to others is to demonstrate love. To demonstrate love. So things to look out for in the coming year I started by saying, number one, your fellowship with the spirits. Number two, the direction. And number three, that's the last one, is to work in love. What will give life to your fellowship with the Holy Spirit is love. What will give life to your Christian work? What is going to cause you to make the difference is the love that you are going to work in. No perfect love than this, that a man should lay his life. That a man should lay his life. And that's what Christ Jesus did. He laid his life down for you. So in the coming year, listen, listen, listen. What Jesus did years ago, to over 2,000 years ago, is still spoken of today. It has never been able to be disproved. The evidential supernatural substance has been, has been so evident. It has been so evident that we carry undeniable facts that Jesus came to die. But then, the only way to carry an undeniable fact that you are a Christian is to work in love. The only way your life can prove to others that indeed, oh, I am a Christian, that's it word. I am a child of God, is to work in love. Love sees no hate. Love sees no bitterness. Get rid of all bitterness, all anger, all malice. I'm not saying my daughter malice. I mean all malice, malice with a C, not malice with a L I M I S. Don't get better in the coming year. 
Don't hold grudges with anybody in the coming year. Don't never, never hold grudges. Let your hearts be so clean. Can your heart be so clean? Yes, the very moment you begin to work in love. Let's not what somebody did to you six years ago. You remember what you did to me six years ago. When you stepped on my shoe when you were young. You remember? Today I've got you. No. That should not be your life as a child of God. You are called out for a quality life. You are called out for a life that is going to make the difference. You are called out for a life. And the moment your life will begin to make sense, not unto you yourself only, but unto others is the day you begin to work in love. In the coming year, pay attention to your love. Pay attention to your heart. When Jesus said the love of many shall grow cold, it is the love for God and the love for others. Yes, you love God by fellowshipping with the Spirit. But what you don't check, what actually sees the supernatural flow of God in the life of so many apostles, so many prophets, so many pastors, so many evangelists, is that they do not love. Jesus made a statement. He said, follow me and I will make you. What Jesus wants to make out of you is a person of love. When Jesus saw the multitude, the Bible said he had compassion over them. He was moved with compassion. He was moved. We do not have an advocate who is not touched with our infirmity. He is also touched. He is moved. He is touched. The only way to move God is to walk in love. The only way to manifest God is to walk in love. Walk in love to all. Demonstrate love to all. What Christ has done for you, you cannot repay. But the wonderful way to actually let people see what Christ has done is to walk in love. In the coming year, let love be the shoes you wear. Go and smoke peace pipe. I'm not saying go and smoke. I'm saying go and smoke peace pipe. With the person that wronged you years ago, that is still in your hearts, that you can't get rid of. The reason why you might have seen so many interesting setbacks in 2021 was because you refused to walk in love. Let's love. Be who you are in the coming year. Regardless what people say to you, don't let the attitude of others change your reaction or your actions. Walk in love. Jesus demonstrated love to you. Things to look out for in the coming year. Be a soul winner. That's the last thing I want to talk to you about. Be a soul winner. Jesus said, follow me and I will make you. God willing in the coming year, go all out for Jesus. What did I say? Go Come all, on. all out for Jesus. Go all out for Jesus. It is worthy to die for the gospel than to die whilst playing game. <laughs> we playing game and you pass out. No, go all out for Jesus. Take out your best for him. Jesus told the disciples, follow me. Come, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. You are not too young to win souls. You are not too old to win souls. One of the amazing stories I heard this year was that a man of God I love so dearly, he still go out and win souls. He talks to people about it. He goes out in the streets, in his neighbor. I just couldn't fathom it. When Pastor Ben, he said, he sits at the airport 
And whilst he's waiting for his flight, he goes out and talks to people about Jesus. At his age, he's still doing that. You, young and fresh, all what you want to do is wear new wigs every week. All what you want to do is try on, go on YouTube and follow that content creator that teaches how to do makeup. No. In the coming year, yes, you must slay on the makeup. Yes, you must learn the new wig, you know, put on the new wig. But let it be with the motive and the direction that I say, I'm going out, I'm going to win souls. People will see me and say, oh, my, my wig is looking nice. And you say, oh, thank you. How are you doing today? How do you like the weather? Oh, wow. I just want to tell you, Jesus loves you. You have done an impact that will forever remain in this life. Stick out your best in the coming year. This is probably not the New Year's um, Eve message you wanted to hear. Oh, this is probably what you wanted me to come and say, oh, God, God will prosper you in the coming year. God will, no, 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 no. I'm not here to, you know, I'm not here to enter. I'm here to tell you what God wants you to know. What God wants you to know, number one, is for you to pay attention to the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Number two, it's for you to hear to his directions. Number three, for you to work in love. Number four, for you to win souls. In the coming year, stick out your best. Give Jesus your best. Lift up your right hand and begin to speak in the language of the Holy Spirit. Lift up your right hand, wherever you are, lift up your right hand. 